Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, Radio Land listeners, and welcome to another episode of Ayers on the Road. We could call it today Ayers on the Beach, actually, Linda. Yeah, we could. We're in California. At Laguna Beach, and it has been raining for four and a half days. Nothing but rain. Well, uh, maybe ten minutes. Solid rain. Sheeting rain. Nothing makes you feel... I mean, there's a metaphor here somewhere, Linda, for adversity, because today the sun's out after four days of solid rain, and I have never appreciated the sun more. So you need adversity. You You need contrast. Otherwise, if it was sunny every day... If our lives were pleasant every day, if our children were well-behaved every day in every way, we'd never appreciate them, right? We would not. And we actually are working on a new book right now. So we have been holed up in a beautiful place here. And we, I actually, I did walk out this morning for the first time in three and a half days. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. Wow. It was so gorgeous. It's so amazing what the earth, your soul, the earth, the wind, the water, the waves, the light. It is amazing. We should be so grateful for that. We should be in awe of that every day. We should day. be in awe every day. And it's amazing what the, the, the water can do for the earth. You were going to say what the water can do for to your body because you fell in the ocean oh, the other I did, day. I did have a little accident down in the surf, but I survived. <laughs> um, you know, Linda, you mentioned this book we're, we're working on. We're pretty excited about it. It'll be another year before it's out. But the working title is Family Inspiration. And, you know... We all need, actually, let me take that back. I used the watered down word. It's actually, the working title is Receiving Family Revelation. And the fact is, as parents, we all need inspiration. We all need help. We all need support. We all need guidance. And we often, you know, embark on this radio show each week just thinking, you know, if we can just say something that encourages someone, if we can just say something that uh, lifts someone's load just a little bit, if we can, because we, we all need each other. We're all interdependent as parents, and we're dependent as parents on on God, and that's really what we're going to get into a little bit today, at, uh, how, how much we need the real Father, the true Father, God, in order to raise his children and really think of them as his children and basically think of ourselves as the babysitters well and the thing is we all have rainy days in our families there are always problems that we have to deal with right some are funny and some are silly but a lot of them are really serious and it really is interesting to to think and to hope and to know that there's somebody there that you can rely on absolutely to give you some direction of what to do next that's what it's all about we have a little motto that we we want to try to fortify families by celebrating commitment popularizing parenting validating values and bolstering balance Boy, and none of those things are easy. It's even hard to just sort of popularize parenting, uh, you know, to make it the thing to do, to 
to remind ourselves that it's our choice and it's the greatest part of our lives even though some days just like the last four days here seem pretty bleak and pretty rainy and pretty sun ever come out yeah but it does it does sometimes it takes a longer than four days but it does and uh, it really is an amazing uh, thing that happens to us in life um, I've just been writing about change change is a constant part of our lives too and it's so interesting to think about dealing with change from the first moment you come into the world to growing up getting married having kids and then having your kids get married and then getting older and all that it's just life you is wish all you could, about sometimes change. you just wish you could stop life stop those kids from growing up stop those things from changing get in a pattern and stay there but life never never works that way i know stop this knee from hurting dang just stop, stop, but it just doesn't work. Anyway. So, the title, the title of today's show is a, a very interesting one. I think you'll find this intriguing. We call it, Don't Be an Ownership Parent, Be a Stewardship Parent. Let's explain that just a little bit. And by the way, um, this really emanates from uh, another new book of ours, or mine, I really call it ours, but I'm... It's the, really the yours, truly yours. ...called The Happiness Paradox, and, and the thesis of that book is that the very things we think are going to bring us happiness are actually robbing it away from us. And one of those things that we are tricked into, we think ownership brings happiness. We, hey, the more I own, the happier I'll be. The more stuff I have, the happier I'll be. The more possessions I accumulate, the happier I'll be. And of course, that just is not the case. And then we substitute in that book, The Happiness Paradox, we substitute the word stewardship. The idea that stewardship is a better principle than ownership. It's a, it's a truer principle. And what we're going to be doing on the on the show today is applying that directly to parenting but let's let's stay with the general concept just for a minute Linda, what what is what do you think i mean you have such a way of saying things in a clear and simple way i mean simple in the positive sense what is what is wrong with a paradigm of ownership what is wrong with going around thinking all the time in a framework of what I own and what other people own and how do I get more and ownership? Well, the biggest problem with that is that we lose our gratitude. We think we own things and we really don't. We, we just are stewards over everything we have, including our children. Um, we just don't own them. They came from a different place. In fact, I was just writing about the fact that they are, they come who they are. They are who they are before they get here. But before you get, we to, don't own them. Before you get to children and family, let's explore it more in its, in its theoretical sense. You say the problem with ownership is we don't feel gratitude. Well, I know some people that own a lot of stuff and they're kind of grateful for it. You know, they're grateful for their big new car or they're grateful for their big new house or they're grateful for... You know their uh, their uh, vacation and their first class airline tickets or whatever. They're they're grateful, aren't they? Well, of course they are. But it's so much harder to um, keep our minds on where all that stuff comes from. 
when we have so much stuff. We were talking about King Solomon in Sunday school a few weeks ago and how interesting it is that he was one of the five richest people who ever, ever lived on earth. And he had everything, everything you could possibly have wanted. It became so difficult for him to stay in the real world. It became a burden. It became a huge burden to him. And he was so used to people waiting on him and having whatever he wanted that it became an enormous problem. And I think that is a problem in our lives if you've got you know everything you want. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think the biggest problem with ownership is it's a lie we don't own anything i mean that's that's the biggest problem with it we 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 delude ourselves into thinking we own things and and in the context of eternity and of god and of the gospel we don't own anything god owns everything well some would argue we own our own agency some would argue the one thing we do really own is our ability to choose what we will do, and God, but, he, but and, and and that may be true because we believe that God gave us that agency. But everything else, all these things we say we own, are really just things that pass through our hands. Even you know, even people who aren't religious and aren't spiritual, if they really stop to think about it, what do you really own? They they understand that ownership at best in their paradigm of ownership is transitory. You have things for a while, they pass through your, and and they're not permanently owned by you. But in a spiritual sense, we know that even deeper. It's a lie. We don't own anything. And if we think we do, it leads us to a lot of bad decisions. We heard the greatest talk from Elder Clayton at a funeral recently, and he was talking about the fact that when you die, you can only take with you the things that are portable. And that was such an interesting thought to me because and there are some things that are portable. You your do, testimonies, you do portable. own your intellect. Your intellect, um, your, your relationships. Your relationships are portable. Uh, are portable. And those kinds of things are, are so important to realize that that really is the only thing that we really do own. And, well, we don't own them. We're stewardships over them. We have oh, steward. We're stewards over them. We have stewardship over them. And I guess the this to me the way that makes this metaphor the simplest is to think of two trees for a minute in your mind. Two trees. One of them is an ownership tree. One is a stewardship tree. And think about the branches that grow on those two trees. If if you have a paradigm or a perception of ownership, if that's your model in life. And we'll get into how that affects families in the second half of the show. But if you have that that paradigm or model, what are the branches on that ownership tree? Well, there's a branch of envy because there's always someone that owns more than you do and you envy them. There's a branch of jealousy because he doesn't deserve it and I should have it. There's a branch of, of pride because I, I do own this stuff and I'm proud of it and I earned it and it's mine. There's a branch of condescension because because you don't have you don't own as much as I own. There's a branch of comparing. There's a branch of competition. There's a branch of win lose mentality. Right? Like if if I win, you lose. And those are all bad branches on that tree, Linda. They're they're just bad. That branches. tree is going to be dead before long. That tree is a <laughs> bad tree. 
Now then you look at the stewardship tree, though, and, and with that attitude, I'm a steward. God owns everything. I'm entrusted with certain things. I'm grateful for those things, but I don't own them. The, I, I'm responsible for them. I, I love them, but their stewardship's not only now what what branches grow there cooperation um humility i don't even deserve these things i don't know why i have them but i'll do the best i can um gratitude gratitude commonality with other people empathy for other people wow you have a lot of stuff that you're a steward over i i feel empathy for you that's a big burden you know for you uh, it's a wonderful difference one tree is beautiful the other one I think is pretty ugly over time yeah that's really true it's it's interesting to think about that because uh, I, most of us I don't know we came from parents who were I don't want to say poor but we certainly never had extra money at well, we, either we, little did we know that we were beneath the poverty line growing up nobody ever told us no that's <laughs> right and we it just never occurred to us but I think um, coming from that is it's easier to be humble because you realize you know this is just not this is not mine. I'm just grateful for everything that I have. Oh, I like what you said, easier to be humble. But that reminds you of the Book of Mormon scripture that says, um, blessed are they who are compelled to be humble, but more blessed are they who are not compelled to be humble and yet who really are. Our child is, we were kind of compelled to be humble. But let's take a brief break, Linda. And when we come back, let's apply this idea to parenting. Why is it better to be a stewardship parent than an ownership parent? We'll be right back on Ayers on the Road. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road. Today we're talking about ownership and stewardship, and we are excited to apply what we've been talking in the first half to our families because sometimes we think we own our kids um you know we spend a lot of time telling parents to set up family laws and for a lot of years we set up the laws and then the kids had to you know <laughs> toe the line but we learned as they got older that it worked so much better if they helped to do the laws if it's they helped easy. decide what was what was going to happen, and, and, and also the consequences, what was going to happen when they broke the law. It makes all the difference in the world, so they have some stewardship um, it, it, as it well is, as ownership. It is kind of easy to think of, of ourselves as the owners of our kids. By the way, um, you were thinking about yourself growing up on the farm, and when you started this, this half of the show, you had that little old farmer twang in your voice that I used to love. You're like, we're thinking about ownership and we're <laughs> thinking about stewardship today. Oh, wow. We just heard a tape that we made when we were babies. We sounded like such well, we babies. we weren't babies. We were we mission had, presidents in We had just in, had in our fifth child and we sounded so, our voices sounded so strange. Well, um, it's because we were, you know, we you were, were strange. You were, no, sorry, that was a diversion. Back to the point you were making. It is, it is powerful, in a in a negative way, to think of yourself as an owner of your children. 
And, and so many people do, it's natural. I mean, hey, we made these kids. You grew them in your body and I helped get them started and they grew and they were born and they're ours. We made them, you know? And so they're ours and we're gonna make them into what we want them to be. We're gonna, in some cases, turn them into extensions of our own ego. And we're gonna decide what they are and what they do and how they live and who they're gonna become. Well, a couple of problems with that ownership attitude toward children. Number one, it doesn't work and you're probably gonna drive your kids crazy and drive yourself into total frustration thinking that you really own those children. And secondly, you're gonna miss out on who they really are. A stewardship parent would, would have the view, wow, these children are gods. They're, they're gods with, a, with an apostrophe. They belong to God. They came to us. God sent them to us as the greatest stewardship we could ever possibly have. And we are the stewards over them. That means we've got to figure out who they really are. Here we believe they came from God. They came from a pre-mortal life. Who are they really? What do they already know? What are their aptitudes? What are their skills? What are their weaknesses? What are the things we have to do? Oh, and by the way, they're all different. So we thought we had one that we figured out. Now we got another child and it's a whole new ball game. It is crazy. I, I'm reading a book right now called A Place for Us. It's an amazing book on family relationships. It's a Muslim family who moved to the U.S. And they're so well-intentioned, but they're so ingrained in their traditions that it's really hard for them to see outside of where they are. And I think this is going to change because apparently it's a wonderful story in the end. But the father is so worried that the children are going to be affected by other children in the neighborhood. He's like protective. Who are not part of their religion that he will not allow a child to go to another child's home no matter what birthday best friend nothing they just and you can see how he has good intentions for doing that but you also see what it does to the children because they feel like they have no ownership of well, their own you lives see, you see him as an ownership guy like i'm going to build a fence around you because you're my possession and i'll keep you in this fence of what right. i want you to do and who i want you to be and you know even even really good spiritual christian parents who even even lds parents who who really understand and believe that children are equally old with us they're they're they may be older than us some of us have children we say this is an older spirit than my spirit but even in that case it's so natural to say well i mean natural in in a way we should avoid to say, well, I I need to decide who you will be. You're going to be my son, the doctor. You're going to be my daughter, the lawyer. You're going to be my son, the, the you know, the bishop or whatever. And and we don't. We, what we have to try to understand is that a good steward um, treats everything according to what its real need is. If you've got a a little seedling and it's supposed to grow up into a currant bush, but you make up your mind it's going to grow up into a palm tree, you're not going to get very far. Yeah. I mean, the first it's... step in stewardship is recognizing what you've been given and how 
to care for it individually. Yeah, the, and this father is figuring that out. He's figuring, uh, he's realizing now that these kids are just going their way, no matter what he's telling them to do. They're going their way. A daughter is succeeding as just as he always wished, and a son with a learning disability is going wacky and and rebelling and so on. And it, it's just so it's such a hard balance to try and figure out where the ownership and stewardship line is when you're raising children. But at the same time, I think the more ownership you can give the kids in your stewardship, the better off you are. Part of the problem with an ownership mentality is that you always you always want something better. You want to trade it in. Like if you own a car and you see another car going down the street that you like better, your impulse as an owner is, I'm going to trade this car in and get that better car. And and sometimes that can even work with children. Like we've got a kid who who sort of has one kind of propensity or ability and we, we want him to have a different kind and we want to remake him of why... Why don't you like baseball, son? I like baseball. You should like baseball. I'm going to force you to like baseball like I did. You're going to love this. Only Just you're going to be you're better than it. I was, you know. <laughs> and, and and we're all guilty of that to some degree. But if we're stewardship parents, we don't want to trade in our kid for another kid. We want to, we want to ask ourselves this very interesting question. Why did God send me this child? Why was I chosen to be the parent of this child? Who is he and what do I have that could nurture him in terms of becoming the best of what he is? Not the best of what I was or what I want him to be, but the best of who he really is. Boy, you know, that is the, that's the trick of parenting. We had a child who had a really severe learning problem. Um, he had really a disability that not anybody ever really figured out except himself. But he tried so hard to read he could not read until he was about in the seventh grade and then I was going down to school and taking an hour a day to read with him because it was so difficult for him and all I can say is that we just kept saying you know what you see the world he did have an amazing right brain he just he saw the world different than anybody he else saw I've beauty. ever he saw seen. design he saw patterns oh my he gosh saw... he was incredible and Somehow, Remember that he, day he saw the manhole cover? Yeah, I do. In fact, he was late, always late for school because he was off in dream world. And, and I was so mad at him one day. I put him in the car and I went screeching down to school and pulled up to the curb and opened the door and said, run, run, and you're going to be late. And he turned around and said to me, Mom, did you see the sun shining off the water in that manhole cover on the way down here? And I took my breath away. <laughs> I just... Oh my gosh, I did not. I, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't see that. I'll go back and look for it because he was in a different world. Yeah. And he's still in a different world, but he is somehow able to manage that. And I think a lot because we just kept saying, you are not... You, you're special who you are. You are not like these other kids. You are special because you see the world in a different way and so on. And I think that was helpful to help him become who he really is. And you, you've been trying to get to this, and then I turned it a little different way, but the stewardship attitude that parents should have does need to be transferred down and shared with the kids. And that's what I think you were getting at earlier, that uh, if, if, you, if you are open about your stewardship, if you, I think we should tell our children, we should say, look, you know, honey, in fact, I'll tell you a story that leads up to this really quickly, the one day that uh, our six-year-old daughter came in on a Sunday and 
and grabbed the, the magazine out of my hand and got right in my face and said, you're not really my daddy. And I'm like, what? She said, well, my Sunday school teacher told me we're all brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father's our real daddy and you're just my brother. She said, I think actually I'm your older sister. <laughs> my little <laughs> it got, brother. <laughs> it got worse from there. But it, so even our kids can sort of understand that. But if we understand it as parents and we say, and we tell them, we say, you know, honey, I'm so blessed to be your daddy. Heavenly Father sent you to me. You're his child and you're my sister. And I'm just going to do my best to be a good daddy to you. And someday you're going to be a good mommy to other spirits who come down from Heavenly Father. And and then it starts rolling into what you were saying, Linda. Once that stewardship attitude is established in your family, you know, you're setting up your family laws or you're setting up your family responsibilities and you basically say, you know, we want you, you eight-year-old or whatever, to share this stewardship. We're, we're stewards over you. We want you to help us with the stewardship over the house that, that we're blessed to have or over these laws we're trying to set up. What do you think they should be? And so on. And it becomes uh, an egalitarian sharing thing that, that has a spiritualness to it that ownership would never have. Boy, that's a realm that's hard to stay in, though. You know, when I was just reading one of the kids journal entries saying how many thousand times do i have to tell this child to put things away instead of just throwing them on the floor yeah, yeah. i mean it really is so difficult but it of course to have them involved in your on your team on your team as parents is so much more important than thinking i own you and these are the rules and da 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 you know well and the final thing that you're leading right into honey is that when you think of yourself as a steward and when you have a stewardship mentality, what does that lead you to? It leads you to prayer. It leads you to one of the most beautiful kinds of prayer. Maybe the most direct request for help and, and the most obviously likely to be answered kind of prayer where you're basically saying, Heavenly Father, I, I need help with your child. This child you sent me, this, this stewardship I have, who's really your child, I need help in understanding him or her and what she needs and how I can give it and so on. And I think that's the kind of prayer that really gets an answer every time because there's no link in the chain. You don't go to your bishop or to your ecclesiastical leader or even to the prophet to get that answer. You, you get it yourself because there's no link in the chain between you and God. You are the direct steward over that child. Well, and even whether you're religious or not, there is a higher power. And if you start thinking about a problem and thinking, how can I solve this and just be quiet and listen, it is amazing the answers that come. So often we who are faithful pray, and please help me, please help me, and then we jump in bed and you know, never give it another thought. And we just don't listen often enough. Boy, the time flew, honey. We're out of time on ours on the road. Thanks for joining us today. And come back next time for the third in this mini-series where we'll be talking about being a synergistic parent instead of an independent parent. We'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.